Hi, my name is Peter Knight. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. My guest today is Dave Butterfant, a sports scientist who has many years of success and innovation with AFL clubs North Melbourne, Collingwood and Carlton. We first met when Dave and I were both at the New South Wales Institute of Sport. He was a tremendous support for the golf program, as well as preparing athletes across a range of sports for the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games. Find out from Dave that no matter how far sports science takes us into the future, there are lessons from the ancient Greeks which we must still heed. We discussed the traits in learning, training and competition that separate the best athletes from the rest. There are lessons for athletes, parents and coaches in Dave's wise words. If you enjoy the chat with Dave Butterfant, then go to iTunes and look up Iron Golf Mind. Subscribe to the podcast series, that way you won't miss any. You can also download and catch up on past interviews. And if you find you're getting some great information through these podcasts, then please tell your friends. Enjoy my chat with Dave, which I began by asking him how he got involved in his field of sports science. Look, I think it's 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 funny how you know, your life unfolds, and um, you know I had a passion for sport, you know, a strong passion for sport, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And and then I you know commenced you know, studying that area, and um, and look, I really didn't find it at all. I, I mean, as I was um, you know an, an academic, but even though I did a PhD, but I I found it um, very um, you know. I was, uh, I suppose, um, very engaged in, in, in learning and, and understanding about sports science and sport. So really that's kind of how I, I, I kind of had an opportunity to work at North as my first job in the elite sport. Um, and I was lucky to be involved in a team that was successful and then went in the Institute of Sports System um, prior to Sydney Olympics and, and obviously Collingwood. And I really haven't looked back. I've, you know, I've been very lucky, um, you know, quite fortuitous really to be involved with you know wonderful kind of teams and, and organizations um and been on a journey where i've seen the evolution of sports science and, and sport in australia and being you know being a part of that i've been very privileged and um very grateful to be a part of that and and the change i've seen over the you know, last probably 20 or so years has been you know exceptional really I remember we did work together at the New South Wales Institute of Sport in the late 90s, mm. and it was a very exciting time prior to the Olympics, and even mm. though golf wasn't mm. part of it, mm. uh, there were a lot of sports that were. Mm. And actually, I remember at the time, you helped golf as, as and me as golf coach with a lot of the things you did, and I actually still use a lot of that. <laughs> so thank you again for that. Yeah, it's, it's okay, you helped me. <laughs> so in a lot of uh, athletes who get involved in that sort of area mm. there's they feel that there was a need or something they wanted to explore more which led them down a path so mm. the psychologist who said mm. under pressure you know i couldn't quite crack it so mm. i wanted to find out more they finish up in the field of psychology mm. um, a lot of us who are uh, coaches of, of different sports and golf's probably one of the main ones mm. it's well we weren't quite good enough to compete at the highest levels mm. and the exploration of finding out why mm. led us into coaching and of course it becomes a career mm. is there is this a story like that behind what you do no doubt i think i think there is there's an element of competitiveness in, in in me to drive myself and to help others achieve and i think that one of the things that's so kind of gratifying is, is seeing athletes um achieve their goals and one of the things particularly in sport 
and particularly elite sport, and because it's highly competitive, you could continue to kind of raise the bar, have standards, and when you see kind of records broken, performance increase. You know, and that, that's that's the addiction to it. You know, I mean, um, all all elite athletes are highly intrinsically motivated, and and the coaches and people around them usually possess the similar qualities as well. So they're they're pretty much cut from the same cloth, really. And and I think what it does is it it becomes infectious. You know, you want to learn, you want to develop, you want to find that cutting edge, you and you want to win. You know, and that's you know, and you do it within the boundaries of the rules and so on. But that's that's the main kind of driving force is you want to succeed, you want to improve, and um, and I think that's what's so rewarding. And and, and I suppose that's why we see records continually break. I mean, you think of sixty years ago, Bannister sort of breaking the four minute mile. Now they're smashing it, you know. And um, you know, Mo Farah can run three fifty two for the last mile at the end of his five thousand meters. So how far sports science has actually enhanced sport um, so we continue to look at new ways because it is a multi-million dollar business mm. sport and we, we realise that and we look at well, what are ways that we can shift you know, performance half a percent um, that's the difference between winning and losing unfortunately that can define success um, you know, we, we see that in all sports there is a finite difference between winning and losing um, and the winners Obviously, you know, reap the, I suppose, the benefits too. They do, mm. they do, and also there's a lot of uh, give back, if not directly, to the general public. Mm. You know, if we look at a lot of the aero technology that's actually gone in now into the development and design of golf clubs, uh, people wearing monitoring devices to know how far, how mm. fast they're they're running or riding or mm. something like that. Whereas in the past, it would be just pull the runners on and away you go. Now mm. there's a lot more measurement, even for the average person who, mm. who doesn't, even, mm. doesn't compete. Mm. Well, I think that's, and that's society. I think that we're, we're so heavily regulated now, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but we are. We, we like to objectify you know, and, and measure. And as a scientist myself, I mean, you like to quantify as much as you possibly can. But there's always going to be the intangible. And that sometimes is between winning and losing. You point, you know, zero and one second, the difference between winning and losing. What is that? Can we measure that? You know, is it, is it, is it a psychological um, component? And I think that's what's unique. And that's a phenomenon about it. And you can't kind of explain. And then why some players don't have the genetic makeup to, to become winners, but they do. You know, and why they, why they become winners. And I think that's, and that's one of the things... Um, it's not as predictable. We like to predict and we like to say this, these are the outcomes, this is the interaction that you're going to have if you do X, Y and Z. Um, so I think, I think that's what's, what's really intriguing that I find anyway um, because there's not one definitive methodology. Um, there's a whole host of ways that you can achieve an outcome. But I suppose, that, but we always continue the quest to, to raise the bar. And, and I suppose technology is one means that we can actually do it. But for over hundreds of years, and probably thousands of years, going back to the, the Greeks and you know in in the Olympics, they had methods, and those methods worked. You know, so I think we don't want to lose some of those methods that actually that worked. It's, you know, obviously putting enough stress on onto the body to be able to cause you know a positive adaptation. It's interesting that you said about you know sometimes athletes will succeed when you wouldn't otherwise think so. Yeah. The reverse is always true. Also true, you know, yeah. athletes that are identified as being potential greats 
and it happens in every sport and they you know they fall mm. by the wayside for one reason or another so we're working with a, a complex uh, mental and physical system mm. what are the things that you notice and we look at say three things we'll look at athletes and how they learn the difference between those who are very good and those who are absolutely outstanding we'll look at the difference between how they train and also um, how they compete so Mm. for athletes in a learning environment you're presenting to them ideas that are going to be uh, somewhat new and challenging to some of those athletes probably more so the young ones I imagine because Mm. they they haven't been exposed to it how do you find the best athletes adopt that learning attitude i think i think that's that is the operative word learning and how they find it you know i think there's coaches that can facilitate that process but once the athlete learns their way to grasp um you know a a new kind of technique then they'll move rapidly and it's actually interesting. There's a book by Daniel Coyle. It's called The Talent Code. Yes. And it talks about the mile and sh- um, uh, sheath. And what happens is that once an individual learns their way of how to actually learn and develop, then that will, that will actually you know, be exponential. You know, so their, their learning will develop. Whereas sometimes coaches and teachers and managers, they overcoach mm. and it can inhibit growth. Whereas we have to actually try to stimulate the athlete to learn themselves. And once they learn their way, then they can grasp them. It's actually quite interesting, really, because I think the great athletes, they find, they find a way. They find a way, and even though they don't have the, the genetic kind of characteristics to become successful, they find a way. And I think at present, you know, the New England Patriots quarterback, Tom Brady, now, he, athletically, he was quite poor in the combine draft. I think he was the second bottom, the lowest. And he's one of the, and he's an all-star. And, um, but he's found a way. There's something with his decision-making that he has that's quite unique compared to his competitors. We all have it. But whether can we get that right stimulus that causes that change? It's finding the right stimulus. Can the coach do it? Um, you know, or whoever the mentor, or whoever that may be, it's providing the right stimulus to cause cause that shift. Yeah, so it's a learning as opposed to a teaching. That's right. It is, and I think that's what it is. And I think that once they develop that confidence to learn and to experiment and to fall and fail, and that's okay. That's where most of our learning um, is, occurs. It occurs during our times of failure. It's not always going to be nice. Sometimes, you know, when we're training our players, it looks quite chaotic. But in context, it is, you know, quite valuable. So our learning happens in that, in that time. When, when athletes make mistakes, coaches at times can be very critical. But it's really, they're the crucial times when change occurs. Yes. So, so learning is, is, a, is a really important part in our development. Yeah, so what's the point of learning anything if, if it seems to be going well? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's right. You know, it's kind of like sometimes once, once you've actually acquired you know, the actual school, we've got to create a challenging environment. You know, and I think that happens in, in, in our classrooms too. There's some, there's some children that actually can, can you know, grasp the concept quite, quite quickly. We need to challenge our students. We need to challenge our athletes. Keep challenging them. Keep the stimulus there. So what it does... It actually keeps them engaged, and that's what stimulates that intrinsic motivation. 
Um, so it's getting the right stimulus, you know. I think that's that's the most important part. Yeah, and there there comes a challenge too with, and I'm, talk, I'm speaking of golfers. I'm assuming it's the same with with football. A young player will come through, win their, all their age group categories, 12, 13, 14, 15, mm. 16, and then they'll be told, if you really want to push through and be successful at an open age level, you need to make some improvements, which is change. A lot of the time, the athlete's thinking, and this might also be reflected in what their parents are saying, is, but I've got this far with what I've got, why should I change because I'm successful? Mm. Uh, and they don't appreciate that once they reach open age, it's it's a different ball game. No doubt. And I think that's in so many sport, sports. I think what happens, talent, we, we so often praise the talent where we should be praising the effort. Yes. And and I think that that's a genetic endowment. You know, and obviously elite athletes they do select their parents wisely, but... You need to have the effort. You need to have a constitution about yourself, about applying yourself. Continue to learn and develop, because if it's because they've had an easy, an, an easy kind of path, it doesn't guarantee that into the elite field of senior sport that is going to actually transfer. Usually, in their formative years, they've had some. Obviously, in the athletes I've dealt with, they've had some setbacks. They've had some failings along the way. Because really it is a resilience that develops the athlete to hang in there in competition Hmm. that enables them to win. If it comes easy, if it comes easy, when it does get tough, what happens then? And it happens to all of us, you know, I think that when we're training, if you're trying to lose weight or whatever it may be, the hardest time when you're up against it, that's when you've got to hang in there. And that's where a lot of times you win or you lose. It's the one that has a bit more kind of resilience or a bit more self-belief. They just keep persevering. And that's what's really important. Sometimes younger younger athletes, we don't mind them failing. Yeah. Having having injuries when they're younger, I mean, it's, I mean, you don't wish it upon them, but once they overcome that, they develop that resilience and that want to succeed. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about losing weight there because if, if someone's looking to lose 10 kilos, mm. the first two are very easy to lose. Mm. The last one is hardest to lose. No you know, doubt. An athlete that's trying to drop 10 shots off their handicap the first two or three are easy. Yeah. The last one's very hard. Yeah, and that's right. And I think that's the thing is if it was easy, everyone would be doing it yes. at the elite level. Well, everyone would be losing weight. It's not. It actually, there is a discipline. There is a, there is a lifestyle. There is sacrifices that you need to kind of, you know, apply. And I think that's one of the things. Is that, and I think that, you know, with, with elite sport, it doesn't just deliver it on a, on a, on a platter for you. There is, there is so much work that you have, that you have to use. You have to draw on so many resources. Um, and then there's that kind of, I suppose, the luck, the chance of luck of, of winning as well. There's some things you can't control. You can't control even better, uh, but you can control yourself. But it's, that's quite, quite interesting. So, yeah. So, the, learn, so the, the best learners are the ones that are seeking those learning experiences. And what about training? When, when they get into training, who, how do the best train that's different to the ones who are just very good? I think I, I, what I've found in my experience dealing with you know, elite athletes, they like to train. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not scared of, of pushing themselves. Um, they, they don't find it a chore. This is something that they kind of they gravitate to, you know, quite easily and I think that's it's one of the things you, you, you know it's it's not a grind for them you know it's not a mental grind um, 
so training it becomes it's kind of like it's a stimulus that they seek as long as it's challenging if it's monotonous well then you've got to change it up and that's the key of getting the right dose when to change up the training because you can't always be hard you know it's, it's having the right volume um, and when I talk about volume it could be anything the right, having the right stimulus you need to repeat stimulus to cause a change but then also you need to change the type of stimulus too to help that learning effect yeah and competing well, what it's actually interesting interest? competition not everyone likes competition but you, you great athletes love it hmm. uh, you know the, there is there is a, an element of trepidation I think that there, and, and I think that's the uncertain but that's what makes it so unique and uh, why they uh, like it because I like the competition they want to they want to prove they are they are the best they want to be the best so I, I, I really believe that your elite athletes, your world champions out there, they love, they love competition. You know, and they're really competing against themselves. Hmm. You, know, you, you know, they realise that, um, you, know, you need your competitors, but they're competing against themselves. And they love to push, they love to push the boundaries, how far they can push themselves. Yeah, they're highly motivated. I think if you're not motivated, you're not, not going to succeed. Not, not sustain it anyway. Yeah. So from what I know of you, Dave, um, you've described yourself in a lot of that. So if we go, what are, what are the challenges that you've found in ha- how you've had to create training and adapt to training and, and create innovation? And what are some of the things that you feel like really pleased with yourself and how it's worked out? What are some yeah, of look, I think, I think what happens is that when, when you're failing, that is probably the time you need to become most innovative. Hmm. You know, I think that you, you ne- you're not going to emulate the leaders because you'll never catch them. So you have to find a strategy or a methodology that's going to sidetrack them to jump in front of them. And I think that, you know, I think that when you're having people that you work with and think similar uh, to, to yourself and then you have that kind of collaborative environment with its critical mass um, achieving success... That's, that's when you find some, some really kind of innovative um, approaches. Now, whether it's altitude training or whether it's, you know, the rotations that we came across um, whilst at Collingwood working with, you know, Michael Malthouse. Look, I think, I think there is a whole host of different things, but you always look at small things that can actually attribute to performance. And the question we continue to ask amongst ourselves is that, does it translate to performance? What we're trying to change here, is it going to have an influence? Does it have good efficacy? Um, so you really have, you need to have robust methods and scrutinise any kind of intervention that you put in place. Fads come and go. Mm. You know, I think that we can, we can gravitate to a fad, oh, this is the next new wave. Have a look at it and kind of, I think the thing is, it, is it validated? And is it applicable to what you're going to do? It's getting the basics right, getting the culture right, learning to train hard, learning to recover well, getting those things right. Once you've got those things right, then it's a bit of the icing on the cake. You start to look at the peripheral things that can actually have a, have a bit of a, an influence. Whereas so often um, in sport, people just look for the peripheral, the icing on the cake and go straight to that, whereas they miss the core competencies that are crucial in their development. Yeah, that's really good. The it's Such good advice too because... Um Often players will come along for coaching, and they'll they'll want to they want to hit their driver better mm. uh, until it's pointed out to them that the pattern with the driver is exactly the same as everything else, and that they're looking for something that requires a, 
a stronger foundation first, which is Mm. the basic things. Mm. Uh, Once they understand that, then they can get to work. Mm. So it's exactly the same. (laughs) So a lot of the innovative stuff still sort of resides in the top, you know, one to five percent of performance, Mm. and the other ninety-five is is getting the things that we already know in place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's really important. And that's not just from a you know a physical perspective. I think the mental perspective is, is 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 crucial as well. We need to train that. But if you're physically well prepared and you've had a plan you've actually adhered to, that gives you the confidence. You know, I think that you can go off and execute. You're well, you're well kind of prepared, so you become very kind of process, you know, driven. But but what happens is it's very measured, you know. So and you're doing it repetitively, and then you start to you start to build up, you know, kind of your bank and repertoire of different ways of doing it. So I think yeah, I think that's I think that's really important that we get the basics right, you know, and then instead of unfortunately Rome wasn't built in a day, and people become impatient, and that could be with a lot of things in sport, and we see that in weight loss. You know, it is actually it is maintaining a lifestyle, so it really becomes a behavioural trait. And as an elite athlete, you have to live a lifestyle as an elite athlete. Mm. Um, and then you know, people say, "Well, you got to you know, you got to play a stadium, or you got to have, I shouldn't be drinking alcohol." I said, "Look, you know, that's a big sacrifice." I said, "It's not. It's a given. What is it you want? Mm. The decisions you make." eating rubbish food or drinking alcohol or not exercising when you should be exercising is it getting you closer to the pinnacle of success of what you want or is it moving you away and the thing is you empower them with that decision and if it's moving away from the pinnacle of success well it's pretty it's pretty simple hmm. you know and I think that if you want if you want to bring your handicap down and the coaches said this is this is the process of form that you should do and apply are you doing it you know I think the thing is that we know you know, but sometimes we want we want the shortcut, hmm. and that's not going to give you the that's not going to give you the result. I think that's a societal thing. Oh, for sure, we're impatient. We we, we want it now. Yeah, yes, yeah, we want it now. Yeah, so buy a credit card. Yeah, <laughs> and we only want it now because we couldn't have it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and I think and I think the thing is, you have to work you have to work hard to achieve what you want, yeah. and that is what, where it gives you the, the greatest gratification is by working hard by chipping away that you get there. You know, and I think that um, and I think that with with a lot of things in training and performance, it takes time. Elite athletes doesn't happen overnight. It takes years of training and adaptation. It starts when you're at a young age and it gets building and building upon that. And we see that in a lot of elite sports. They don't, they don't just make it when they're 19, 20. You, you do get freaks that, that can do that. But it takes time and, and it's over time that their consistency of building up and building up, then they start to do it right. There are so many good messages there. Dave, I've enjoyed the chat. And yeah. uh, for parents and aspiring elite athletes, even for weekend golfers or weekend warrior athletes, <laughs> whether they're jogging or riding or whatever, the message is still the same. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome, Peter. It's been fun.